Hello and welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me as always is my good friend and compadre, Jim Stam. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. We're getting back to our roots today. Um, getting another fellow fan on the, on the uh, show, and uh, that feels good. Absolutely. Joining us on this episode <clears throat> is our good friend, Rich Thompson. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, guys. How are you guys doing? Excellent, man. I mean, we're keeping our heads above water as best we can. And, uh, you know, you know something about that. You're one of my favorite type of people to to talk to, Rich. You don't even know this. I love people that study the weather. And specifically Ah, the weather. Specifically the weather, not climate change, because that's kind of that can get into like it's almost a religion at some point. The weather itself. I love because nobody approaches subjects with more humility than people that study the weather because <laughs> they can tell you all these numbers that mean this thing. And at the end of it, they have to go, maybe <laughs> I'm not going to deny that. I'm not going to deny that, that at sounds, all. That sounds a lot like sports prognosticating actually. So it, it really exactly does. Him. And that's what I mean when I have sports conversations with people that study the weather it's usually a hell of a lot more reasonable than people that don't. So like it's, <laughs> it just works out great that Rich is here. Um, hey, first thing we're going to talk about is, uh, and speaking of, you know, why I like talking to weather people, they're used to being wrong on occasion too and admitting it. <laughs> I never in my wildest, wettest dreams saw Philadelphia going to the World Series this year. And man, we've got Philly and Houston. The 106 and 56 Houston Astros taking on the 87 and 75 Philadelphia Phillies. Jim, thoughts? I mean, are you excited about this series at all? Did you see it coming? No, I mean, that was not my pick. I think I went Astros and Braves. I think I ended up with in it. So, um, you know, I mean, for once, Major League Baseball looks smart. I guess, with this expanded playoff format. And, you know, that's, I guess, their argument in a nutshell, right? Which is, hey, more teams in, more teams have a chance. But um, I think it's going to be tough sledding for the Phillies, guys. I do. I mean, I see a lot of people trying to talk themselves into a good series. The Astros, they're a machine. I haven't picked Philly one time this entire playoff series. Yeah, I mean, maybe they, maybe they'll do it, but um, you know, because the Phillies, they're just they're playing, they're playing hot like hot right now. They've got a little bit of swagger going, good for them. But uh, man, the Astros, where can you even find, where can you even find a weakness? Yeah, I think yeah, I I mean, Berlander and Valdez and so forth will will polish that hot streak pretty quickly. I think, you know. Unless Harper can just carry to, his back, you know. You have to think a, that's what Houston's hoping for because their bullpen's <laughs> wicked too. So, yep. I mean. <laughs> it is. You know, the, the interesting thing about it is I think with the Phillies, it comes down to like if, if Nola and Wheeler are on their games for their four starts, 
then they've got a legitimate chance. Like, I just don't see how they can get past having one of those guys not be excellent in their starts. Um, Philly's got a puncher's chance because they've got big left-handed bats, and uh, the Astros are pretty heavy on the right-handed relief pitching side of things and pitching in general. So, I mean, weirder things have happened, but um, uh, it's, it's just, man, you start looking at the Astros, and, you know, everyone likes to talk about the Dodgers with, you know, how they build things and how they do things, but the Astros, I mean, they're just as good, if not better. So... Absolutely. So, Rich, I mean, you, you've you watched uh, Houston beat up a lot of teams that live out your way yes, for, I have. for years now. So, I mean, what do you think uh, of this matchup in particular? And, I mean, you don't have to give a prediction. I think I'll, I'll be able to understand just from listening to you. <laughs> well, I'll give you a prediction first of all. I think Houston in five. I mean, I I think Philadelphia will get one, one win somewhere or something like that. But that's about it. But I just think... Houston, they're just they're, as as Jim said. There's really not a weakness there, honestly. Whether it be on the offensive side or pitching, there really isn't a weakness. I mean, it's just rather remarkable. I mean, as I've said, though, they're kind of the Astros, like the Dodgers, are a dangerous team that have enough money, but they can draft and develop to. And this is what they what you see. I mean, they yeah, they have some free agents and so forth, but at the same time, they have some homegrown folks and so forth. It's just remarkable, you know. So I don't. I mean, imagine letting. You know, Correa walk, yeah, and and still having a team like they have. That's 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 how you know the system's working. I mean, yeah, right, right there, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess I would say I have to go Houston. Although, again, I've been wrong about Philly the whole time. You know, uh, <laughs> it's just if anything, I think maybe I've learned a lesson from this though. The, the line of when you should feel like adding a little bit to your team is worth it is officially lower than it was before they expanded these playoffs because reality is Philly barely squeaked into this dance, and here they are. And if you're a team like the Pirates going into 2023 deciding you're going to try only so hard, I think Philly is kind of showing you why that's a mistake. And, and Jim, could, I, no, I was just gonna say, and that could be whether you're talking 2023 or 2024, if things you know drag out a little bit longer um, on the pirate side of things, is that it should change your mentality to to some extent, um, because yeah, when the playoffs come around, you know, momentum and just playing good matters in the playoffs, you know, and that that's that's just in sports in general. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. You know, this is a team that, you know, heading into 2023, they're close to getting some pretty elite talent from their prospect pool towards the end of the year, at least. I mean, now, if you've gotten this team in a position to be near or at or slightly above 500 by actually spending some money, and then you add in some of that prospect that mm-hmm. you need that comes in it's lightning in a bottle towards the end of a season you could you could have a very interesting end of your season couldn't you all i'm saying is like watching what philly has done this year is instructive and i'm not saying they've got a bryce harper but i'm saying that 
it, the, it, the line to, to go, yes, let's try, should not be as high as the Pirates are making it. And that's why we're going to have to talk about free agents when we come back from this break. Because I think that's the first place to start. We're back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Jim and Rich with me, Gary. And we're talking a little bit about free agency now because after you talk about that World Series, you know, you, you talk about how Philly kind of barely squeaked into the playoffs. And you look at the Pirates roster, and, and we know there's obvious holes and things they could fill. Let's fill it. You know, let's let's talk about filling it a little bit. I'm going to start with the obvious catcher. You know, um, why has that been an issue? I think it's it seems, been an issue. Seems, yeah, seems like an odd place to start, Gary. But okay, <laughs> I'll I'll roll with it this time. I think it's been an issue. But, <laughs> um, you know, I I think there's there's a lot of options out there. Roberto Perez is the hot name because it's been mentioned on both sides of the aisle already, as far as interest there. Recently, he, he brought up that he'd want to be signed for two years. I don't know about the two of you, but to me, that that's probably not happening unless it's a club option for the second year, you know? But, hey, that's multi-year technically, so maybe that's, you know, something that could satisfy him. But for me, man, if I got to pick, I think I'm going for, like, an Omar Narvaez. I want a little bit of pop in that position. I think he can handle it well enough. Um, I do understand you lose a little bit of that defensive acumen, but I think he's good enough back there that I'm not all that concerned about it. Yeah. That's my guy, I think. Omar Narvaez is the catcher I would target. Rich, go ahead. All right. I think for me... um I'm going to set my faith into Endy and David and Davis coming up and actually being catchers the next couple of years. So I think Navarro's he'd be a great get, but I don't think he's going to sign just a two year contract, you know, and I don't think he'd be happy being a backup eventually. So I'm going to say um, Tucker Barnhart, you can sign him for a couple of years. You know, he has a gold glove caliber defensive uh, uh, catcher. Yeah. Can hit a little bit. I don't little hate bit. that at all. Yeah. I mean, that'd no, be my I like that name. He'd be cheap enough, I think. He, he'd sign for a couple years. He'd be good experience-wise. So, like, gold glove catcher and so forth for help N.D. and Davis. You know, I think he'd actually be a, a decent pickup and better than Perez because I think he'd be healthier also because Perez. I really like that. <laughs> kind of he, embarrassed I didn't think of his name. He was on He was on my short list. Um, yeah. um, let me say this. catcher either, Jim. You can like, – you can call out whatever you want here. This well, is just, I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess let's just hey, we're on catcher. I'll stick with it, and then we'll just we'll just roll. But um, yeah, I thought about Tucker Barnhart. I, I really like I really like that suggestion. Um, another guy, just because I just thought, you know, there's a little bit of bat there. Is a is a Gary Sanchez type guy. Um, he's somebody that I can see being interesting. Um, 
the Perez comments, yeah, I mean, it's it's funny how Roberto Perez, for being a guy that's um, uh, not that big a name, people in Pittsburgh have a real differing opinion about him. Um, you know, you you wouldn't think he it would be such a uh, a lightning rod to the diehards, but it kind of has been. I think a lot of people in this town, after after selling themselves on Jacob Stallings being a star because of the way he played defensively here, mm-hmm. and I and I mean this fan base and the people covering this team worked overtime convincing ourselves that Jacob Stallings was a star. You know what I mean? But to the point where like people were pretty devastated when he got moved. So when when somebody comes in and is visually better than him defensively, of course they're going to think that, you know, it, this is somebody yeah. incredible, right? I mean, and he is a good catcher. He really is. Jacob Stallings fell off the face of the earth in Miami. but He did. He yeah. was a really good defender. I just think, like, that's why they – people got excited about it and why they're allowing themselves to remain excited about it. Yeah. Well, and I got, uh, uh, you know, I, we all saw the comments about Perez that, uh, he had, he's now expressed some interest about coming back, but he'd like a couple year deal, which, you know, I just said online, I think people took it the wrong way, which was, I was like, that's great. He, I mean, I, I'm sure he does want two years, and just like I don't think he's going to get it. Now I think people took that as is that I didn't want him back. I actually do. Yeah. Um, if if push comes to shove, um, but but like uh, Gary had mentioned earlier was uh, a year deal, club option. Throw some incentives in there. I I mean whatever you got to do to yeah. You play eighty games, you get yeah. this amount. You play. I mean, you play a hundred games, you get this amount. You know, yeah. something like that. Right, right. I mean, this is not this is not hard. Yeah, for go nuts a, with it. A, a second year option type deal with some incentives built in for it. I think that's a win win. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but otherwise, like I love the Rich, love the Barnhart suggestion. I thought Gary Sanchez just because like offensively, there's some there's a little something there that oh, I yeah. would like to see from 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 after seeing nothing. All year. I mean, you get really desperate for some catching help uh, on the offensive side of things if you can get it. And hopefully we won't be long there anyway with, like, you know, some of the stuff we've got coming. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a part of me that almost considers two of them. You know, like, you maybe get that Roberto Perez, but maybe you go and get, like, uh, see if you can grab like an Austin Hedges too, something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have a couple guys back there and and just we know they're going to manipulate Andy. Mm-hmm. But I also as as sold as I am on him and I am. I know he's going to start in AAA. Yeah. And I know that there's going to be a certain amount of time before, you know, they get the extra year. I'm not even going to care about Super 2 because until he shows me that I need to, I'm not going to get upset about it. You know what I mean? But this could be a Matt Frazier situation for all you know. You know, he could Mm -hmm. really struggle next year, like after the break. 
I don't think he will. I'm not forecasting that, but he could. He's a prospect, you know, yes. until he gets exactly. up here. So I don't want to sit here and, and put the weight of like you better be ready and ready to rock by July, kid, because you're the starter. Because no. all we yeah. got is this dude with an injury history. Yeah, and a prospect of catcher. I mean, catcher is the toughest position to actually come up and actually do what you need to do in a big league roster. I mean, so that's a lot of pressure for ND Davis, even Sable if he comes up or whatever. You know, it's just like that's yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, and let's. Let's be honest, and I was someone who wasn't doing this early, earlier, but um, let's pump the brakes on Davis because there's there's yeah. just been enough where he just hasn't had the time consistently to be healthy and play and develop. And, like, just saw the other day someone was talking about if he's not in on the team in spring tra- – or coming out of spring training, I'm like, well, that's all changed a little bit for him. Um, even if he had a good spring – you know, it's just too it's just too early now. That wasn't gonna happen no matter what. Yeah, I mean no it was matter just, what. Right. It was just <laughs> it, it, it was wishful thinking that if he had a great year and just exceeded all expectations and we it's been the opposite. Some most not even his fault. So yeah. So I mean for me the next the next uh guy I would probably want to see them target I know the popular name is Trey Mancini. I, I get that. But, man, I think I'd go Jose Abreu. First, I think I could get him a little cheaper than Mancini. And I think I could get him for less term. Which means if, by some chance, Mason Martin or Nunez or whoever decides to actually take hold of the first base position, I'm not going to be stuck. So Jose Abreu is is who I would target if I had my choice at first base. Listen, I mean, age hasn't caught up with him yet. Um, I mean, he had a little power reduction last year, but he's still hitting doubles and he's still hitting for average. I think he's probably due about... He's going to get a pay decrease. Let's just say that. Okay. He was making almost 20 million. He's probably going to make about 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's gonna, he'll be 37. So that starts to be a little bit of a concern, even though he hasn't shown much signs of. I mean, still, he's still just a, uh, a really good hitter. Right. 36, um, but still. Yeah. And um, uh, just. Not playing as demanding of a position will help, and then he can DH some. And so, uh, yeah, I think if this is before the DH, I probably am not that interested just because I do think, like, it's wise with a guy like that to start. You know, I mean, let's let's help offset some of that for for long seasons, you know. But uh, I'd be fine with that. I'm going to throw out a a name. And let's – and – it's our old buddy Josh Bell, and let's just say because a lot of the names at first base, the guys, the, a lot of guys have age on them. Like if you look at it, it's it's Abreu is thirty six, and Brandon Belt is thirty five, and and Guriel is thirty nine, and uh, well, don't take all of Rich's suggestions here. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> but they're all old, yeah. older. Yeah, I get you, man. 
So Josh Bell, um, let's say he let's say he's just the market's not real hot for him. What do you, and you could get him? Would you entertain it? I'm 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 throwing it out there without even really having an opinion on it. I'm going to wait to answer because I have a well formed opinion on this. Okay. So. <laughs> Go ahead, Rich. What do you think of that? Okay. Well, I was, I, I agree with the Abreu suggestion. I think that'd be great. Someone I was thinking about a couple of possibilities. Um, one thing he's had a really good, you know, I think uh, very solid year this past season. Brandon Drury, he can play first base. He also played a little bit of third and play a bit of second. You know, so I mean, I could be, and he probably come cheaper than Abreu, obviously. And he is younger; he's thirty years old, so that's an option for me. Then maybe I'm not sure if he has like a team option or whatever. But what the heck? Let's go, Miguel Sano. Yeah, Miguel Sano has a club option. Yeah. Yeah, for, like for like fourteen. I'm not sure the would pick that up or not. You know. Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah, I would think they. I would think they might. Yeah, but we'll see. I mean, because yeah. he is kind of like their big bopper. That's true. But let's circle back to the Josh Bell question. Yeah, that don't, Jim Rich, posed, you ran. Though. You ran from that. Get on that. <laughs> I want to. I want to get you on record. I want to hear what you think about that idea of bringing Josh, what, Josh Bell, Bell? To the Pirates. Yeah. Well, personally, I. I'd have no problem with Josh Bell. I mean, I just would you'd have to get used to the fact again, you know, you're gonna have the hot month and the cold month. You know, and can you live with that for paying him, you know, be your your first baseman? I mean, we went through it when he was here, when he's hot, I mean, there's few players that are better hitters, I think, but when he goes in the cold slump, you know, he goes in the slump, it's it's not pretty at all. And I just think it would I don't think the fan base in general has the patience for that anymore, really. You know what I mean? So I think it'd be I mean, very he's gonna frustrating. Get, he's yeah. going to get what 18, 19 million somewhere yes, at you know twenty. You know, you got to figure a little more if he comes to back to Pittsburgh. Um, I want more consistency for that on, money. My opinion on on Josh Bell goes all the way back to my opinion on Starling Marte years and years ago. When your very best player is also one of your streakiest players, your team is not going to do well. Nope. I feel like Josh Bell would not be their very best player. O'Neill Cruz would be that, I would think, over time. But you're going to put Josh Bell in the heart of your order. And when the heart of your order goes hot or cold, it has a direct reflection on the rest of the offense. Yes, I don't does. want that cold moment to come up at the wrong time like it did for the Padres this year. And I think... Uh, I personally would take a pass on it. However, I wouldn't get upset if they did it. Does that no. make sense? It mm-hmm. does. And, you know, that's I fair or not, I snuck in that little caveat of, like, let's just say the market for him isn't as robust as he thought it might be for some of these very reasons we're talking about. I mean, obviously, we everyone knows his his limitations defensively and his propensity for – ridiculous hot and cold streaks to where he's actually like he, kind of corrected a lot of that defense though. I has actually, he? Okay. Yeah. He, he's really picked up the sidearm motion. Good. From throwing. I didn't see it crop up much. I'm not going to say he's like, you know, he's not, he's not one of the greater first baseman ever. <laughs> he's not Mark Grace over there. Yeah. But, but he's okay. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> like, right. he's certainly not Yoshi. 
Yeah, I mean, so, you know, that's something that popped up. I was like, you know what, in that scenario, I would consider it. Um, yeah, guys, I'm still going to go back to Trey Mancini just simply because, like, the more I looked at it, he didn't have a good year. Um, he did not. He he has not had uh, – he's had a down year. He hasn't done much with the Astros. I do think this is going to be a situation where – he will be a free agent because I think he has an option of $10, $11 million or something like that. I don't expect – I think he's going to be on the market. Um, he's a guy that, again, should have a lot of baseball left in him. Yeah. I wouldn't even be surprised if you see some better years out of him the more he gets away from some of this cancer stuff that he had to go through and um, that – that tends to have a little bit of a residual effect for a little while. So, like, I'm still yeah. back to him, and I think that because he's been down a little bit, that there's some room there, like, to maybe yeah. get him, you know, maybe there, that, that it's a possibility. So that's still going to be my guy, and uh, I think he'd be I think he'd be a popular popular player. In Pittsburgh See, I think the bit. first base – discussion is more interesting than any of the other holes they have to fill because it's the only one that I don't truly see anybody coming for. And I know that a lot of people love to just throw Henry Davis over there. Like it's going to just happen and snap your fingers. And I know people like to throw Andy Rodriguez over there. I've even heard people suggest O'Neill Cruz go over there. I, I'm not doubting the athletic ability of these guys to go over there and learn first base and everything. I'm not. But I just don't see a prospect coming up with first base written all over him and star potential. If you can get yourself one, get yourself one. Because it's going to be a problem for a few years, I think. Even if Malcolm Nunez and Mason Martin make the league and and learn to be productive over time. I don't see it being like an immediate, they come from AAA to the majors and just start hammering balls. Well, the, the very fact that those are the names you can mention immediately tell you, and it, or tells me, I'm not. I don't. I'm not comfortable with that. Those those names don't give me any comfort. No. I mean, their next best one in the system is Shackelford, and he's like 26 I, years old and double. You know. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So like right there tells me like yeah. I mean, if that's if those are the names we go to, which they're 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 there, they're obvious. That scares me or worries me. Right. So I mean, right. that's why I like the position though, because we can look longer term if we want to. Yeah. Like, we don't have to be so pigeonholed into, like, oh, this is happening. Because we don't know what's happening there. And I'm not sure they have a plan either. So, like, <laughs> no, well, that's that we're, we don't want to assume that. But that's the inter- interesting dynamic about the two positions we've really talked about. This is going to turn into a nine hour show, by the way, if we don't keep getting, yeah, you're right, get you're these, right, to these things better. But, like, catcher, we've got expectations of guys coming. First baseman, you don't really have that. And that's just a very interesting dynamic of two different ways to have to look at just those two positions on this team. Yeah, I mean, so let's take let's take it to outfield then, because outfield I think is is something that I could probably be convinced they don't even have to fill. Uh, I could probably be convinced that they have enough internally that they need to just take a look at it. 
But man, something in inside of me just cries for a veteran out there. Like, I feel like you're going to have Reynolds. I feel like you're going to have Sawinski. And I know there's other guys. But wouldn't it be nice to have somebody else, like, out there that you feel real solid about? Like, even if it was just a season? Like, like even if you went and got a Corey Dickerson again. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. That, to me, is a, is a great upgrade to Ben Gamble. It's a pro who I think is a level above Ben Gamble, has the same kind of hustle, plays decent defense. You know, I that's somebody I think I would probably be interested in out there. Mm-hmm. He's got a – I mean, you talk about – I mean, he's, he – Gamble to Dickerson. You're talking Dickerson 1.4 war, um, which – Man, by the way, Mancini is 1.5. Just to give you an example of like just comparative production. Right. Um, so yeah, Gamble uh, barely a 0.2 WAR. So yeah, I think that's a little bit of an upgrade. And Dickerson's, um, I think Dickerson's a a, a spark plug kind of guy too. Yeah, I think he's a guy that I like that you can just insert every once in a while even if you just want to throw a, th- a change up at it. Like you just let's let's see what Corey's got today. He looked really good in batting practice. I think he's the type of guy that thrives on that kind of playing time right now, this stage of his career. And I thought he did a good job in St. Louis and uh, I really liked what he added to their scene. So, yeah, Corey Dickerson is somebody I wouldn't be opposed to bring back to play the outfield and Rich, I believe that makes your turn. And feel no obligation to continue with the outfield. Because like I said, I could have my arm twisted pretty easily to say it's not necessary. Well, I'll go use the outfield for more of my pipe dream sort of signings, I would guess, maybe. I would think it'd be be nice either Nemo or Hanniger. Hmm. I've heard Hanniger's name quite a bit. Because I would think his, yes, Swinsky, you know, he had his, his pros and cons and so forth. I mean, just have that veteran outfielder, that veteran presence, someone who's been in the playoffs, been in the playoff race, World Series, things like that. Both Nemo and Hanniger are good hit, are good solid hitters, decent defensively. I mean, I think they could fill that role in left field or right field for several seasons. You know, in case Swinsky would bomb or Mitchell doesn't amount to anything or whatever it might be. I think, you know, I just so those would be my two pie in the sky sightings there for outfield. Otherwise, well, I can maybe tell you, both of them are going to make a little over fourteen million or so this year. I would, I yeah. would assume. Yeah. And if I had that's to choose between the two of them, I would pick the right-handed bat, which would be Hanniger. So that's I just mean, what I was going to say. So we probably I like, need to pay. I like both of those, though. Yeah, yeah, just pay attention. We should all, as we talk about this position, talk about just maybe some right-handed. Yeah, um, exactly. Type of bat because well, the Nemo has good splits he, both sides, so that's a thing. Right. It's yeah. True. Yeah. I just expected him to get a lot of attention this off season. I think mm-hmm. he's. I think he could cash in, yeah. as as one of those guys that maybe uh, exceeds what they think he might get because of. Let's be honest. You start looking around in the outfield. There's not a, a ton of sexiness out there at at, at the positions. <laughs> so what do so you got, might, Jim? Do you got an outfield option, or do you want to go to a new position? 
Yeah, no, let's let's move on. The, the, it's interesting. The one thing I was going to say is, Gary, I almost had the same thought. The more I looked at outfield and the more I thought about the Pirates and maybe where I wanted them to go with things, I thought this might be the one position where I can be convinced that they might not need to do have to do anything. I'd rather focus it elsewhere. So, I mean, I'm yeah. okay in the middle infield too. So, <laughs> yeah, middle infield. Too. No infield should be fine. Well, there's um, something else I think is going to happen this year, and I don't know if everybody sees it coming, but I think we're going to see a healthy dose of G1 Bay in center field and Brian Reynolds in left. I could totally so, support that. That being said, I think we're going to uh, probably have an outfield consisting of G1 Bay, Brian Reynolds, and Jack Sawinski more often than not. I can live with that. I can, I can totally live with that. I got to see Bay out there in center field um late in the season i was at at a game actually sitting right out there and um just watching him and watching kind of how he played the position i I really liked what i saw i thought he had good instincts but obviously he's got speed um i i i would be completely comfortable with giving brian reynolds um back in left field i think it's a little easier on him so I think it's a win-win. Yeah, yeah. I, I that's what I see happening anyway. I nobody's told me that. I just feel like Juwan uh, Bay is going to probably prove himself worthy of a hell of a lot more at bats than he's going to get while they want to give him to Castro too. And yeah. that pushes him into the outfield. And if you're going to play him in the outfield, let me just say, as loyal as fans are. You could watch him and Brian Reynolds play the outfield together for about 10 games before you were screaming to, to put Bay back in center and Reynolds in left field. He's that measurably better than Brian Reynolds out there. Yeah. As far as speed goes and as far as his closing ability, yeah, I, I, I'll be honest, his arm's better. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you just... I, it's not even about, like trying to make brian happy anymore it's more just like i think he knows baseball well enough to accept it to be blunt we haven't even talked about travis swaggerty who's also better than him in center field well yeah i mean swaggerty look i mean if there's one thing we know he can do is he can field yeah see what we're doing here is talking ourselves out of getting an outfielder because there's so many options already if it means getting bay in the lineup every day for the for the dynamic offensive potential i'm all for it Second base, center field. Keenan Smith and Jigba coming yeah. back from injury. Yeah, yeah, people forget about him. Cal oh, Mitchell yeah. somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you got a lot of guys still that I don't know. I don't know if we've got room for it. I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean. You, as as it, silly as that sounds on a 100-loss team. But like, just because you want to find out some things. Yeah, yeah. you got you got to look at the realities, too. I mean, like. Personally, I want to see Bay play as much as he possibly can. Yeah. I, I really I really want to see that from the from the jump. I agree. And, and, he can be uh, so dynamic. Just so dynamic for that offense. Yeah. Right. So let's let's jump to the starting pitchers and then we'll take a break and we'll we'll wrap up with relievers because I think that's gonna be fun. Because I've got a few that I've really been looking at. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty excited to preview them here because Jim always <laughs> talks about getting some good relievers in here. So I mean the pitchers are easy. We're gonna get Jacob Degrom and Chris Sale, right? I mean that's what we're doing, big time. So 
I mean, um, I already got my jerseys ordered. Yeah, I mean, Jose Quintana is the big name everybody brings up all the time. It's easy. It feels good. Everybody, everybody's heard of him. Everybody thinks that that that's what's going to happen. I think for me, it's almost got to be a lefty. I I really struggle. I really struggle shutting that part out. If it's not a lefty, I don't. I'm not really sure what what they're doing. I I don't like having all righty rotations. It always screws things up, if you ask me. And what about Drew Smiley? Hmm. Drew Smiley, I think, is a guy that might be able to recapture something almost like uh, Quintana did. I'd be happy with Quintana, too. I'm just throwing out an alternative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you guys think? I could live with it. I mean, I do think, okay. yeah, you want to you want to focus on a lefty. Um, Matt Boyd's out there, too. I like Matt Boyd. That could be a guy that could recapture something as well. Yeah, it's funny. You look through the list, and you're like, man, you could build an ex-pirate rotation out of it, too. It's, <laughs> you've got Trevor Williams and Jordan Lyles and... Jamison Tyone and Chris Archer. I mean, we could we could get the whole band back together if we really wanted to. What about Jordan Lyles? Oh boy, I I like him. I'm not sure that Baltimore is going to let him go. Yeah, probably not. Um, I I actually think they've kind of almost got that hammered out already. At least the yeah. chatter that I've read. But certainly like Jordan Lyles. I think he's he definitely looked good this year. Rich, anybody on your mind? Well, this is where I think the Pirates could actually spend for a decent contract, you know, just because it would serve a role, you know, somebody in that rotation in case Bros and Priester, you know, something happens to them and so So I'm thinking, I like the left-handers. I'm thinking, you know, probably the pipe dream would be Manea. I would think would be the pipe dream, but he's still young enough. Even after his season this year, you still put him in that category? I think so. For I think it bounced back. I think he pitched better than it looked. I, I think for the most part. So I think he'd be worth it. Maybe he's only like twenty nine, thirty. Then maybe someone like um, Haney or he bring back Tyler Anderson if he can. You know, I think Anderson figured out yeah. something out with the slider, whatever he used this year. He figured something out. You know, I mean, these the, the left handers. I do agree with you. You need to have a left hander in the rotation, if not two, just because it's. We're so right-handed pitching-wise and so left-handed batting-wise. It's just, you know, need to kind of even that all out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got a few, you got a few up there that you know you'd like to to think about, but so, man, they're so shaky. Like James Paxton, mm-hmm. I, I'm not a fan. I mean, like I I understand like why his name comes up. He's a lefty and everything. I just he's never done anything that like kind of raised an eyebrow injury. for me. You know, he's yeah. a walking yeah. injury. Yeah, he's he's got the the health concerns, and then you're just we're talking about a position where if they are going to go out and spend some money, which that's always the question, but it can't be a big gamble, like right at that position. Well, that's why you got to stay away from like a Wade Miley. Yeah, you know, because mm-hmm. I mean, 
That dude couldn't stay on the on the field, the field to save his life. He was he's the Roberto Perez of the mound. I don't I don't want that. And right, I mean, like somebody interesting that I'm not even sure if he's going to be available because, I mean, he does have a, a player option. Taiwan Walker, but if he mm-hmm. takes his player, if he doesn't take his player option, then he's going to be looking to get paid, yeah. and I mean like multi years and. But man, I think that's a dude that could probably do some damage in PNC Park. He mm-hmm. he's he's a good pitcher, keeps the ball down a lot. Um I I like I like him. I've liked him since, you know, Toronto got him a couple of years ago. So, um that's somebody that I would be interested in, but again, right-handed doesn't really help that left-handed problem. So, I think that's the biggest issue really. The board is is thin. And left-handers are even thinner. Yeah. You know? You don't want to be signing a 43-year-old Rich Hill. You know, you yeah. want, like, somebody that, that's still got a pulse. And I, I think Quintana's a guy that if you can get it done, get it done. Yeah. Like, and I, I get that. I haven't but, seen any projections on what he could get. Um, he certainly didn't hurt himself. He helped himself quite a bit. Um, he might be one of those guys that if the market gets a little nuts, he could cash in a little bit and get an extra year or two out of somebody, and that puts the Pirates out of the picture. That's yeah, what I see, just, too. I see all yeah, those good just, intentions, and I see, like, oh, and all the nice words and all the, oh, I love Oscar Moran. He's so awesome. He, If it weren't for him, and then, oh, yeah. uh, Quintana resigns with the Cardinals for three years, uh, $27 million. You know, <laughs> it's like, Right. I mean, like, you just look at it and you go, well, good for him, but that's just somebody getting a little crazy with throwing some money around during the free agent period, which we see that. You're just like, you see a contract, you're like, you know, we see a couple of those every year. We're just like, oh, man, this is getting nuts. He could be one of those guys. Really could be. Tell you what, guys, let's take a quick break. Let's come back. Let's talk a little bit about relief pitchers because that – board is actually a little more entertaining than the starters, I think. Welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. We're going to talk about everybody's favorite subject, the bullpen. Before we start talking about it, I do want to remind people that the way the bullpen finished the season is not the way the bullpen is going to look in spring. There are a lot of players that were injured there towards the end. You know, you are going to have a Bednar. You are probably going to have a Yerry De Los Santos. You are going to have a Colin Holderman. We should all remember Colin Holderman has a pretty lengthy injury history, though, even before the trade. So I'm not 100% sure you should count on that. Will Crow will probably be a component of it and back to form a little bit. Um, I think there's room, though. I think we can all agree there. They need lefties. Manny Benuelos will probably be back. He did all right. 
there's definitely room to sign some guys. And I think if Heath Hembry had worked out last year, their bullpen probably is even better last year than it was early on. Um, it's not as though they didn't try to take a swing and get some experience <laughs> in there. So anybody that you guys have been targeting or thinking about in particular, because I have a few, but they might be a little bit of an overshot, to be honest with you. Because <laughs> the ones go. I want are like measurably better than what we have. Well, go. let's just do it. Go with, like, let, let's hear it. Taylor Rogers. Dude, there you go. I hate you. That's because my guy. That's my guy. That's who I want. Yeah, uh, I be, I'll be honest. I want, I want a real lefty righty back of the back of the bullpen setup, mm-hmm. and I don't care which one is the closer, Rogers or Bednar. I really don't. I just want a lefty or a righty back there that I can use the back of the bullpen. And to me, he's the best one out there. Um, yeah. I, well, Zach Britton's pretty good, but <laughs> but I, I I personally think that uh, Taylor Rogers has the experience I'm looking for. Yeah, that's and, that. And that I'm sorry was my you num- hate me. Well, that was my number one like guy. I thought, man, if you could get him um, when he is on, um, and he let's let's be honest, he 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 had some ups and downs this year, um, I think, but. When he is on, he is really good, and you can use him against lefties and righties. And um, yeah, are, aren't we still looking for that uh, Tony Watson type guy? After all these years, like to me, like that's 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 who I'd love to have again. Is like that kind oh, of yeah. pitcher. Um, I think he was as good as people, as good as we we know he was. I think people didn't appreciate him enough. Yeah. You know. I would agree with you there. And they should really appreciate him now every time they see O'Neill Cruz hit a home run. So, exactly. Rich, how about you, brother? Anybody on your mind? Anybody on your radar? Yeah, to kind of build off of Jim saying they're kind of the Tony Watson thing, I think, for me, maybe someone like David Price. Okay. Lefty. Experience. So he'd be able to, you know, kind of fill that Quintana void of the experienced veteran and so forth. I mean, he's been a starter, been a reliever. You know, he pitched pretty good this year for the Dodgers in relief, left-handed, you know. So I think he, he'd be comfortable pitching in the back end, near the back end of the bullpen, wouldn't really freak him out or anything like that. I mean, and I think she'd come relatively you, inexpensive. Do you think if, if they were to get David Price that that Huntington would show up at PNC wearing like a Swami hat saying that he accidentally predicted what was going to happen 10 years later when he said they were in on David Price? <laughs> or... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't hate the idea. Um, good, and, good clubhouse guy too. Yeah, he yeah. is. He's a decent guy for real. And thinking, so. I remember about the relievers in general. Unless you're talking like a Mariano or something like that, from year to year, their their performance can vary so dramatically. You know, it's like Price pitched well this year. He could tank it next year. Same with Rogers. It's really, you know, relievers obviously are very frustrating. But I think Price would be a reasonable left-hander. I mean, to have, I think he'd you know, do a very solid job, I would think. And again, just the experience factor would be a nice addition to the to the road, to the entire pitching staff. I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. What about a Brad Hand? Hmm, Brad Hand. There you go. Yeah. Like, you know, that's a guy that I can see um, being signable since yeah. 
that's something we 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 might get into with uh, expectations. Hint, you know what's hint, funny wink, is I wink. thought he was washed about four years ago, <laughs> and he and he has really resurfaced in the last year and a half or so. Like he yeah. he he really found mm-hmm. his slider again, and you're right, he's a weapon from the left side. I'm not sure if he feels to me that back of the back of the bullpen role anymore. Probably but not. You need a lefty, so it's not like yes, it's not it like is. I it's not like I hate that idea. I like that. I would stay far away from Rodas Chapman. I, I was just going to mention him. Is there any scenario where you take a guy like that? I think he destroyed his value um, with some of his shenanigans with the Yankees to the point where I'll be shocked if he doesn't just get a one-year show-me deal for like $5 million from somebody. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if there's a team out there that um, loves to, to take people desperate for attention it's the pittsburgh <laughs> pirates so you know i i'll be honest i'd be less shocked if they signed chapman than i would be if they signed taylor rogers <laughs> so i mean I'm, well, i can see that, see that happening just because of the name that everyone knows a role chapman it'd be like yeah. hey look what we signed you know we were signed a role chapman it's like hey, uh-huh. hey the, look the velocity the velocity is still there yeah. um I mean, I watched him warming up. I went to one of the Yankees-Pirates games, and I watched him warming up. And there's no shortage of velocity. Now, control and effectiveness and wherever his brain is at, those are other things. But he was humming. So, um, but I, Gary, I think he has. He, I think he's, he's looked at as totally, like, toxic right now. Yeah, I would agree with you, man. I, it, it seems to me like he's pretty much – burn when you burn bridges with the yankees you tend to burn bridges with the league to a degree <laughs> yes, you, you know what i mean um yeah it, it's almost like well if you can't make it work there <laughs> it's like and and I, that's not true for everybody like a lot of people like they go to new york and they're overwhelmed by the media and the environment and the situation and some of them are so superstitious they don't want to cut their hair and shave i mean like there's there's minute things that happen in in new york that don't happen everywhere else and i I think we do discount that a lot but chapman's been there long enough that that's not what happened here this is just a dude that decided to be a knucklehead yeah and can 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 we circle back one second there was a name that uh we didn't mention and I'll throw it out there because he, he was a Yankee. Is Rizzo any any yeah. any interest there? I don't have any. Um, I do he think was he was still could, productive. I, I mean, do yes. think he could murder the the PNC Park Clemente wall. I've seen him do it. We've all seen him do it. I just think that uh, Anthony Rizzo is a little bit beyond his years. And uh, I kind of didn't like watching a lot of the bonehead plays he was making this year for the Yankees. That is not the first baseman I watched play for the Cubs at all. Mm-hmm. He looked awful. And I making bad throws, bad decisions. Looked like he was just forcing it a little bit. I, and I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe getting in pinstripes yeah. didn't agree with him. You know, but I just... I didn't like it. That's fair. Yeah. 
he's got you know his back isn't the greatest he's not getting any younger um again it'd be interesting to see maybe we'll sit back and laugh at this because someone's dumb enough to give him a five-year deal or something well like you that. gotta figure it's his last contract so right. that's true yeah he's gonna right. get it from somebody and he's not gonna take a one-year deal from no. a team like the pirates he might no. take one from you know la if freddie freeman breaks his leg but he's not going to take it from from the pirates and and i'm pretty sure that he he's the one that decided he wants to go out and explore free agencies so yeah it, it's it was his call and i like you just mentioned is he's looking for this should be a financial uh influence contract for him he's already got the ring and this yeah. is his last big contract so that's what he should be focused on all right you guys love when i surprise you with topics right because that's what i'm gonna do we're gonna <laughs> we've talked about every every free agent possibility here that's what we wanted to do a free agent show today so you know we're usually a little bit deeper than this but this time i just want to keep it topical and surface you know this is what we're interested in Let's do a couple things real quick while we're on free agency. What the hell happens with Aaron Judge? I mean, that is the free agent, right? Or is Correa joining that? He's probably going to be out there again, too. What happens with Aaron Judge? Do the Yankees sign him? How many people really could sign him? Not the many. Mets, the Red Sox, the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Dodgers. The Dodgers. The Dodgers. Well, well, that it? The name that I keep seeing Cubs. is I I keep seeing is the Giants, right? That the Giants are really for Aaron Judge. I keep seeing his name linked with the Giants, and that they are going to pony up. So um, they might. They love their stars out there, and they love their veterans, and they're not afraid true. to play older guys. They don't yeah. care. Yeah, he's he, he's thirty one, and. I mean, look, he's a big guy, and he's going to hit for a while. But we're talking, like, I mean, I want to know what type of length of deal he wants. Like, are we are we talking, like, eight years, ten years? Like, is he like he is he going to demand that? Well, think about what Miguel Cabrera did. You know, that's there's a reason he's playing as Methuselah. I mean, in all sincerity... He's going to ask for a long contract because he can get yes, it. Yes. Yeah, if somebody yeah. wants him, they they're going to give it to him. He's he's not going to be a guy that goes three to th- different places to finish his career. Yep. You know, so I think I think you're looking at the Cubs, um, because they're flush with cash because they just emptied everything out. I actually heard Rizzo back to the Cubs too, so I could see they that. got money to burn. They got yeah, money to I could burn. See that. And then San Francisco, like, yeah, and the Yankees. And, man, I'm sorry. I could see the Red Sox just to stick it to the Yankees. <laughs> In all sincerity, they can afford it because they're, yeah. they're, That's true. That's they're a good moving one. on from some people. And I, I think he fits into what they need desperately. And with that monster, oh, come yeah. on. Like you, you, you can't tell me that can't be appealing to him, like to oh, be no. just popping balls over that monster or off that monster. I mean, like, I, I think, I think that could happen, and boy, that would stab New York right in the heart. It really would. 
it brings back memories of what they used to do to each other, right? When it kind of mm-hmm. came down to the the Johnny Damons of the world and yeah. and signing guys out from one another. Uh, well, you so figure yeah, JD that's... Martinez is on his way out, so you know there there's a, a spot right there, DH yeah. outfield. And yeah. I'm just saying it's a very Boston thing to do, isn't it? Yes, it would be. Yes. And and they would love nothing more than to come out of the basement and take the division next year. They've <laughs> done that multiple times. Yes, they well, have. The, just just um, the Giants angle. Apparently, he's from Northern California, grew up a Giants fan. The Giants mm. have a ton of money coming off the books. His family still lives in California. I think people are connecting a lot of natural dots, but the report is that they are that they are going to be willing to spend and not be outbid for him. So wow, yeah. I would think More so too. To yeah. yeah. All right. Hey, that'll be interesting to keep an eye on. And uh, one other thing I wanted to just mention real quick is today um, we're recording on Thursday. Uh, Major League Baseball and the Players Association had their first meeting um, to collectively bargain the minor leaguers. And uh, I don't know where this is going to go. I don't have any news to report. I'm just saying it's starting. And uh, we're a long way from the actual CBA that comes up here, um, you know, after 2027. But this is going to kind of educate us on how that's going to go a little bit. So just be keeping an eye on this. I don't want you to be caught by surprise when you hear us talk about it later. So just pay attention to that story as well. And uh, we may even get um, Amy Dash on to talk about that a little bit. She's, you know, she covers law in sports exclusively. And, And I'd love to get her take on, on what she thinks this is going to turn out like. So we're, we're going to try to get her on here pretty soon as well. Cool. So uh, any any closing shots from either of you? Anybody you left off your list that you think you should have brought up? No, man. I think the one thing I would I want to emphasize here is, because I know it's going to happen after the show airs, here come the moron comments. They're oh, not going to sign anybody, either. and I don't know what. Listen. This is just exploratory. This is people we think are, are, are possibilities. Some of them are pie in the sky. Some of them are realistic. It's just a discussion, man. Relax. Yeah. Just like the opening to MST3K, Mystery Science Theater 3000, where, where they say, you know, if you're worried about how he eats and breathes, just relax. It's just a show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just just yeah, calm I, I down. Know, I know, I know, Gary. You know it's coming, and I it's know it's coming. Like, I actually meant to bring it up, but you guys got another minute. Sure. Yeah. Honestly, because honestly, that's another thing that we didn't really discuss. Why? What sucks most about what the Pirates have done to this fan base is they've taken this part of the season, this part of the baseball fan experience that should be fun and should be about dreaming, and and they've taken it away from us. When I when I bring up a name like... Um, when, when Jim brings up somebody like Brad Hand, and, and I think he'll cost less than the one I suggested, mind you, Taylor Rogers, but 
when he brings up a guy like Brad Hand, the first thing that happens in my head, whether I want it to or not, it's like a rat to a rat trap, is nope, too much. It's the first thing that happens. It's nope, too much. Don't we? Nope, nope, too much. There's a reason that we we go. Oh, we need a lefty, and I just keep scrolling past Clayton Kershaw. You know, like yeah. we we shouldn't be afraid to bring up anybody we want. And and I'll be honest, we're not afraid of it because like somebody from the team's gonna hear. We're afraid of it because people act like a holes on social media because you're just talking about something. Exactly. We don't want to be. All this is is suggestions (laughs) and fun. Have the fun part of the game. I know Bob Nutting is a cheap son of a bitch. I don't need reminded of it. I know that. I know what I'm asking for is not every once in a while. I just want to pretend I'm following a normal freaking baseball team and just say (laughs) what I think they should do to make the team better. Exactly. And not worry about all the other BS that I have to worry about 328 days of the year. (laughs) Well, poor, poor rich out there in California. He gets to see all these, you know, champagne and caviar dream teams out there just do whatever they want and then he yes, gets to log on he gets to log on to twitter hell with the pirates and uh boy that's maybe we shouldn't complain as much gary because rich really it's entertaining please i love it it's entertaining it's a very vibrant community we have yes you know very vibrant <laughs> well rich is about to watch uh wolf of wall street play out for san diego pretty soon here i mean like they're going to go rags to riches or riches to rags real quick here. I think. Um, yes, they are. They they took their shot and failed. They took the shot. Give them credit for it. You know, went way beyond beyond their means. Let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. What's the, what's the rumble out there? Is Manny Machado opting out? From what I gather, I think he just might. I mean, because he's still young enough to get you know. Get That's what I was thinking too. Contracts, you know, That's what and I was thinking how much too. Is going to go around in San Diego? Soto, Tatis, Machado. How much money do they have to go around? He's he might go for greener pastures. I really do think he will. Yeah, yeah I I tend to agree with that, Rich. And I think. Man, that's such a shame because they've they've tried so freaking hard. You, you Darvish might might be gone too. I mean, like mm-hmm. it's not as though they're not trying to keep that team together. But oh, ouch. And, and yeah, Machado to me is I mean he's just so good. You know, like he really is a, such a special ball player. And um, yeah, I mean it'd be tempting, right? I mean he he the, he can get what he wants. He can he can ask for whatever. He can go where he wants. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting off season, even if not here uh, entirely. I think <laughs> I think it's fun to keep your eye on things like that because uh, every team operates differently. And I think for yeah. the second time now, I'm going to try to end the show. Uh, but, <laughs> thank, oh thank, man, thank you for joining us, Rich. For real, it was a great. Yeah, talk. Thank you for and, uh, really appreciate all it. the way from Cali out there. And uh, good luck with with fire season next time it crops up out there. Because uh, thank you, I always see you covering that on Twitter, and um, it's just uh, sad that that's part of your job. You know, I hope that yeah, I it is. That but also, saying, out. as I say, it's the best job of the National Weather Service, though, being an incident meteorologist. It really is. So I can't complain at all. Well, thanks, man. I really appreciate you being on, and Jim. 
Hope uh, you're feeling better from last week. I hope Ben is feeling okay. And yeah, man, we're good. The the, the yuck is out of the house, and um, Ben's got a couple goals in hockey in these last few games. So I'm I'm, I'm a happy guy right now. So there you go. And hey, I'm gonna end the show uh, personally. Sorry, just my son turned 24 today, and <laughs> I feel especially old, but also <laughs> very proud. Um, Josh, you've accomplished some stuff by the age of 24 that a lot of people haven't by the time they're 40. So you should be very proud of yourself and just know that Dad is. And uh, without further ado, Ben, take it away. Yes, yes, what?